Hey everybody, Michael with All Over Overland, and today we're going to talk about how hard is overlanding. I know that we have friends that say it must be easier, it must be really hard. Well, I'm going to tell you right now that it's not, and I'm going to kind of dive into that a little bit. And if you are a new overlander, really pay attention to this. I think you're going to get some useful information and kind of be a little bit more prepared for your first trip. Do you want new gear? Do you need new gear? If both of those are true, or just one of them, you need to check out Artemis Overland Hardware in Springfield, Missouri. Aaron has a brick and mortar store and they've expanded the showroom, so they've got a lot more product to show you. If you're not able to get there, you can always go to their website, www.artemisoverland.com. I cannot wait till more expo. That's coming up February 13th and 14th in Springfield, Missouri at the fairgrounds. Make sure that you go there if you can, and you can pre-order your tickets at www.moreexpo.com. If you like this or podcasts just like this, you need to check out Overland Radio, www.overlandradio.com, or you can check us out on Facebook. Now, I personally do a live show every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time with Joey the Professor and with Lee. Check us out. I know that you guys all have friends that, that talk about how easy what we do must be. You know, there's a lot of misconceptions about that because there's a lot of work that goes into it, you know, from the pre-planning to, you know, the meal prep to, you know, the actual adventure of overlanding. And then when you get back, sorting everything out and cleaning it up. Well, we're going to talk about a little bit of that on this podcast. So what started this whole thing is that I had a friend tell me like, how easy would it be to live full-time overlanding? You know, they don't really understand what all we put into it to go on the trips that we go on. And I gotta say, it's a different lifestyle. I don't do it full-time as far as living in my vehicle, but I talk to a lot of people that do. And it can be as easy and as difficult as you want it to be. And the gear that we buy allows it to be a little easier than it would be if we didn't have the gear. So let's, let's kind of deconstruct what it is that we do. Now, if you were just starting off and you had no clue what was going on, you'd go buy a tent, you go get a cooler, and you would get some just basic camping gear. Like, really, really basic. And then you would put it in your vehicle and you'd start off on an adventure. That's what everybody thinks that we do. And for the most part, they might be kind of right. That first trip that we took was an eye-opening experience usually. And it, it, it adds to that passion and that fuel. But we, we realized really quickly that uh, it's not as easy as it sounds. You know, there's roads that are closed. There's trails that you can't go down. There's, you know, if, if you're not paying attention to um, 
you know, forest roads and what's available to drive down and what's not, what's been closed, what's open. You can get a ticket real quick. And then not only do you bring everything with you, but you're supposed to bring it back home with you. So some of the some of the first things that we we don't realize when we first start off is bring trash bags. You know, again, something that sounds simple, but you just don't think about it whenever you're going on that first trip unless you have some friends that have told you or they've sent you a a list of the proper gear that you need for an overlanding trip. You know, I know that whenever friends have gone with me, they're surprised how much actually goes into it. Now, I do have to say that I try to make it look as easy as possible, and I have a a lot of friends, Joey and Lee included, that would say I do make it look easy. Well, I do because Joey and Lee do all the work for me, usually. So, um, (laughs) that's the big joke that we have around camp, and it's probably not too far off, you know. If they're going to have their kitchen stuff out, then I'm going to use their kitchen stuff. It just kind of, it just kind of, that's what friends do, right? Um, But, uh... As you start experiencing the, 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 what it is that we call overlanding, you realize that there's a lot that goes into it. And if you don't plan out your route, you find out that you're going down a road that's closed or, you know, you're going down um, a road that, that probably you shouldn't be on um, or a trail. I say road, a trail that you shouldn't be on as far as what your vehicle is capable of getting through and what you're comfortable in driving through. So when you first start off, you've got to plan the trip. And that plan sometimes means you talk to people that have gone that way or you Google map it, Google earth it, um, Gaia, you know, whatever it is that you're using, I find that I use multiple. I use the the Google earth quite a bit because I can zone, zoom in, zoom, zoom in. I can zoom in and see kind of what that terrain should look like. And then Gaia really is just for really for me it's really tracking my my trail. It's it's not necessarily for planning. Um, I know people use that um, to do some plan to plan some of their trips, but I like going on Google Earth and actually planning the trip from Google Earth and then using Gaia to help track where I went so that I can share that possibly with somebody else. Or that I know whenever I go down there, I can take a picture um, with Gaia and if there's a a road that's out, if there's a tree down, if there's a huge mud puddle, I've at least got it documented that I know what the conditions are. I will also sometimes take a picture whenever it goes from gravel to dirt or from dirt to pavement. You know, just so I know what to expect um, the next time that I go. Because a lot of times you just kind of forget. So the planning part, as far as planning out your route, can take you, you know, anywhere from a day to weeks. Depending on how ambitious your trip is. How far you plan on going. You know, and and I'm not going to dive into, this isn't a, a, a podcast on how to plan your trip. It's just talking about how... There's a lot more that goes into it than people realize. And your friends are that way. Your friends, like I said, your friends think it's kind of easy. And for the most part it is, but you know, it takes experience to make it look easy. The people that are just starting out seem to 
struggle or have a ton of questions or, you know, hey, this gear isn't really the best gear for this or I found out that this gear that I got at Walmart just really isn't cutting it and it fell apart the first trip that I went on. So I do need to spend and invest a little bit more money to make this trip easier. And so we come to like, so you've got the pre-planning for the route. Then you've also got pre-planning for your food. Since there's really not restaurants out on the trail, I mean, you can find one, don't get me wrong. This is most of the time, uh, the people I'm talking to are in the United States and you can, you know, you're not gonna starve. You can find somewhere to get something to eat um, if, you, if, if you have to. Now you might go hungry for a day, but you'll find food eventually. It's not like roaming in uh, Africa where it may take days to get to food, or if you break down, it takes weeks to get uh, to walk to something. You know, I'm just using, I don't really know for sure, but I imagine that some of those places it could take a long time if you had to walk to. I mean, look at Australia with the Canning Stock Trail. You know, I mean, that's, that's you know, what, thousand miles more of, of nothing. You know, so you've got to make sure you've got enough fuel. So, you know, but, but the food part of it, you've got to plan your food. There's nothing fun about going on one of these trips and not having enough food or being worried that you don't have enough food. You know, I always take some extra cans of something or mountain house, you know, meals, you know, the bag that you put the water in and, you know, cook it in there. Like, I always make sure that I have something. Usually for me, it's a couple of cans of SpaghettiOs or whatever and a few packets of oatmeal. Just something easy that if I do run out of food, I at least have something that I can eat. Another thing is water. You know, I'd rather make sure I have enough water over having enough food because you can go without food longer than you can go without water. So make sure that you bring water. So you got to plan for that. And plan on how much water you do feel like you need each day. And are you going to be able to get to a place to refill your water? Or do you need to take all of the water with you? So that's part of the, the route planning that comes into play as you're doing the, the meal prep. Are you going to eat breakfast? Are you going to eat lunch? Are you going to eat dinner? Are you going to eat all three meals? Are you can eat two meals? Like, how are you going to space this out? I recommend bringing at least two meals more than you think you need and bringing a couple of days extra worth of water. Even if you know that you're going to be able to go three days and then stop and fill up, bring five days worth of water. Bring, you know, a couple extra meals for that. And if you can restock food and you can restock water, great. Do that then, but always have extra. Because you don't know if you're going to break down and need to stay another night while somebody comes to extract you or to come to help fix your vehicle that's broken down. That also brings us in the actual trip. So on the actual trip, you've got, you've got all kinds of things. You've got to pull out all your camping gear. you got to pull out all of your... Um, food, you know, you got to get your meal prep ready. You got to get all of these things ready. And so setting up camp can be as simple as five minutes or it can be as long as an hour. It depends on how much gear you require whenever you go camping. 
So it's not always easy, and it always takes longer to put it away than it did to get it out. So when you leave, you got to leave camp. You've got to get your trash ready. You got, you know, to get have a bag that you can use. You you you've got to bring these things with you so that we can keep some of these trails open. There's nothing worse than showing up a trail that's all dirty, and you've heard several people talk about it over and over again. So it's not always that easy. And then what if you what if you run out of propane? Like let's say you got a propane um, camp stove. You run out of propane. What are you going to do? You've got to have the, the knowledge and the ability to be able to make things work, adapt, you know, all of that kind of stuff. It's not easy. And then whenever you're finally done with the trail, you got to clean all your stuff. You got to reevaluate your equipment. You got to look. When you reevaluate, you got to, You've got to, first, did I need this? Did I use it? How often do I use it? I need to check and make sure it still works. Do we have any any tears, any any uh, cracks, any of this kind of stuff in your gear? Because you don't want to be out on a trail and it break. Now, it happens, and you can have a perfectly good working piece of gear, kit, you might call it, and then go out the next time and it breaks. It happens. You can't, you can't prepare for every little thing, but... If you know that you have gear that's a problem, you need to replace it. If you know that something's worn out and on its last leg, you need to replace it. Um, and just, Or decide if that's gear that you need. Then you got to clean everything. And then you've got to start planning for the next trip. So, a lot of people think, a lot of people think it's easy and it's just not. Some people really get obsessed that... Uh, that haven't ever been with the uh, the potty situation. Well, what do you do when you go potty? Well, I go potty. And I bring things with me to make sure that I'm able to go potty. Whether it's making sure I have toilet paper or wet wipes or um, a potty chair or whatever it is. I make sure that I have that stuff with me because that nature calls. And when nature calls, you're going to need to answer it. Yeah, you got to answer nature. It's one of those, it's just life, you know? So people giggle and, and have all kinds of fun with the idea of pooping in the woods, but uh, there's really nothing like it. I kind of enjoy it. <laughs> um, so what also brought this conversation on was I was watching a YouTube video not too long ago about a girl doing van life. And she said, you know, I went and I did this. I started doing this van life. I've done it nine months and I've got to say it's not as peaceful and easy as I thought it would be. You don't just hop in your van and drive. There's a lot that goes into it, a lot of planning, a lot of thought on what trail you're going to be on. You know, um, when you start picking routes, you might find out real soon that there's not a lot of free places to camp along this trail. Or there might not be a lot of places to camp at all. So you've got to know where your campsites are say you got to know. You've got to be prepared. And you've got you to know that, hey, I know this campsite's at this spot and I might get there at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I don't know if there's another camp spot two, three hours down the road. So you've got to think about, am I going to risk losing this camp spot to see if there's one down the road? And there might not be. It's 
which means the next campsite might be five hours down the road and it's nine, ten o'clock. So it's not necessarily as easy as just jumping in your vehicle, driving down a dirt road and getting there. There's some of us that make it look that easy. And there's probably a bunch of people that would argue and say, Michael, it is that easy. Well, is it that easy? Was it that easy when you first went? Or is it your experience that's talking? That that made it easy for you now. But it probably wasn't easy for you back when you first got started. It can be frustrating when the trail's closed, when the gear breaks, when you realize that you didn't pack enough, when you forget your pillow. Been there, done that many times. When you get stuck and you have to figure out a way to get yourself out or call in for reinforcements. I always recommend that you go with a group or go with a buddy. I don't always do it, but I recommend it. And I recommend it because if you have gear or food that goes bad, then you've got somebody that you can kind of rely on that can maybe help you out a little bit. And the food goes bad is a real thing. I don't know how many times I've been with people that have been like, all of my eggs broke and they, uh, they, you know, they broke all over my other food and, and now it's, now it's all gross. You know, the, the milk goes, explodes because of altitude, whatever it may be. And all of your other food is ruined or you're just not going to eat it because, because of that. It's not always easy. And my hats go off to all of you that make it look easy. And equally goes off to those that are just getting started and realize that it isn't easy. It's a great and enjoyable experience. And I love this. You guys know this. I talk about my passion for overlanding, for off-road driving, for camping, for exploring, for adventure, for hiking, mountain biking, all of it. I love it, but it can be hard work. You don't just you don't just show up at a at a, a trailhead and decide to go go hiking for thirty miles, a hundred miles, without properly being prepared. There's a lot of work that goes into it. It's not just throw a backpack on and walk down the trail. It's not just throw some some easy gear in the truck and and go, you know. How many times have I been out with people that don't know even how to work their gear? Like, hey, I've got this thing, I've never used it, can you show me how to do it? I'm having trouble with my, my stove, I can't get it lit, what am I doing wrong? Well, let's look at it. You know, if it's not broken, sometimes it's a as simple as, did you know you had to do X, Y, and Z? Well, no, I didn't. Did you get your propane tightened all the way on? Well, no, maybe not. So there's a lot of lessons that go on whenever you first start doing this. And as you learn these things, yes, it does get easier. And as you do these things, you learn what gear works, what gear doesn't, what gear that you think is easier to use versus gear that you're like, that's cumbersome and I just don't like it and I'm not going to use it if I don't like it. Experience 
is the key to making overlanding look easy. Now, there's a lot of trucks out there that are built that you can just show up and, and jump in and, and do it. You know, I was watching Chris with Venture Forward, and uh, he has now got a, a Sprinter van, uh, what is it, the, the Rebel, the Winnebago, whatever it's called. But it's a four-wheel drive. It's, it's meant to go off pavement, but it's not necessarily meant to go on trail. There's a difference. And his one of his the recent video that he did, he got the thing stuck. He was able to get himself out. He wasn't really prepared. He didn't have max tracks with him. He didn't have recovery gear. But he but he knew enough from experience that if he got some sticks and some broken sticks and laid them out on the road in front of his tires on the on I say road in the mud in front of his tires, maybe that would give him enough traction that he could climb out of the hole that he was in to be able to get back on trail and drive down the road. This wasn't even a difficult trail. He was trying to avoid a mud puddle and slid off and now he's in a mess. Go back to my whole thing that if this was his first trail, first experience uh, being on the dirt road, first experience of overlanding, first experience in recovery, he'd have just sat there and had to call somebody. He had to put it in forward or in, in drive and in reverse and made himself into a bigger hole and it would have been more difficult to get out. But instead, he kind of stopped and he evaluated the situation and was able to use his experience to get him out of that mess. That's not experience that you get the first time you get out. That's not knowledge, I should say, that you have the first time that you get out. Now, by listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos, maybe you'll kind of have that already set up, but that's part of the pre-planning, right? Listening to people talk about their experiences is also part of pre-planning. Watching YouTube videos about the trail you're about to go on gives you an idea what that trail should be like, what you need to prepare yourself for. Or in, the, in Chris's case, like watching this video, you might watch it for the first time and go, oh, sticks, yeah. Get something that has texture to throw into the tires. That's what you need whenever you're in the mud is texture, not the sloppy, slippery stuff. So that's an example I'm gonna give you of pre-planning outside of the box of your normal pre-planning. Yeah, it's not always that easy. Some of us make it look that way, but that's usually because of experience. And because we kept doing it when things weren't so easy. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed this short podcast today about overlanding not being as easy as our friends kind of think it may be. And you may have friends that think, oh my gosh, that is the most difficult thing ever. I would never even consider it. But we all have those friends that are like, ah, all you got to do is just, you know, jump in the truck and drive down the road. What's so hard about that? 
take them. Take them and tell them they have to figure it all out themselves. <laughs> They'll figure out that it's not that easy all the time. Well, anyway, you guys have always been great. Thank you so much for the responses that I get, the private messages that I receive, the people that I bump into that say, hey, I have heard your podcast. I am part of the All Over Overland Facebook group. I'm a subscriber to the YouTube channel. I follow you on Instagram. I appreciate it. Always come up and say hi. I love it, and it makes me know what I'm doing reaches people. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for everything that you do to help me grow this all over Overland thing that I'm doing. You guys take care, and whatever you do, make sure that you go all over.